In 2020, two average Canadian guys were sent to Brooklyn to try all the restaurants given a B rating by the New York City Department of Health. Their mission, to review these eateries and undo the stigma of the city's sanitary code. Today, wanted by health inspectors, they dine between A and C. If you see a B rating, if you want them to try it, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the B team. Hello and welcome to the B Team, a podcast where a pair of B-rated guys review New York City's B-rated restaurants. My name is Corey Wright. And I am Monsieur Mark Horosco. And Mark, we are coming to you live from HQ2, our new studio. Yeah, like the new digs. Yeah, the B Team has a new studio, uh, courtesy of producer Nat, so checking out our new space today. We're in uh, the B-bunker, the B-bunker. Oh, Mark, you started off with a little bit of French there. You're not putting any English on it today. You're putting a little bit of uh, French. What's yes. going on? We are both uh, canonically fluent in French, having grown up in Canada, being products of the Canadian education system. Uh, not the case, but <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, I'm just, uh, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. We went to, a, went, to a, went to a bistro this week. Yes, we did. We went to Cafe Paulette in Fort Greene, which was very delightful, but... I think before we get there, okay, Mark. And, and just wrap it up then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Corey, what's your kind of history with, with, with French cuisine? I don't necessarily eat a lot of it. Well, actually, you know what? I was thinking about this today. I don't think I go to French restaurants very often, but the more I started thinking about like the French foods that I do eat, the list kind of grows on you a little bit. I think a lot of brunch foods are just kind of, are, are also French foods. I think that's, I mean, their, their toast is... A famous brunch staple. <laughs> yeah, no, I started thinking about it and I, I was going to come into the whole bunch of jokes about how like, you know, French food is just coffee and cigarettes, you know, lots of <laughs> cigarettes and berets and yeah. that kind of thing. And I'm sure most people think of like something like escargot or whatever, but smoke a croissant. <laughs> <laughs> but exactly. I started thinking about it. I'm like, do I eat a lot of French food? At first I thought no. And then I thought, well, I think I had a croissant yesterday and I think that definitely counts as French. So I think, you know, Probably not going to a lot of French restaurants, but a lot of baguettes. Is Baguette is probably my number two sandwich bread. Uh, you know, croissants, I think, would start to add up on you when you Sa- think. Yeah. Sandwich bread? Yeah. You're eating, you're eating sandwiches on baguettes? Sometimes, yeah. You like you cut it open, you make a long, thin little sandwich there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah I, d- I definitely know what you're talking about. Like, I, I've definitely had some great versions of that, but that, I, I wouldn't say that's a, it's not like a very common... <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not crushing a lot of baguette sandwiches like on a weekly basis. Well, I mean, you're throwing out pounds of meat on a weekly basis. So, you know, <laughs> okay. we, we know that. Yeah. On a hero <laughs> or a roll, like a New Yorker. I guess. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Heroes be up there. I think rye bread's probably number one for me. Okay. What's your number one sandwich bread? Uh, multigrain. <laughs> no, it's, 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 a, it's a classic Winnipeg rye. You can't beat it. Shout out to my boys down at the Cub Bakery. You know, I, for a second, I thought you were serious with your multigrain and I was ready just to shut this podcast down. Well, I would say like my, well, like when I'm crushing sandwiches at home, right. I'm just, I'm just picking up like a loaf of like Dave's killer bread at the grocery store and like any, and it, I don't really care which one it is. They're all kind of the same. Like I've never really established like what's the difference between a whole grain, multigrain or like, you know, flaxseed. Yeah, exactly. They're all, they all, they all look identical. <laughs> It's just like, which seeds do you want lightly dusting the outside of your otherwise like average bread? That's fair. 
Yeah, but so I guess if I just named a couple of breads and stuff, but yeah, when I, I don't go to a lot of French restaurants, but I would say I do enjoy kind of like that side of French food. I probably like one of my favorite things, even though I don't eat it a ton, would be like getting some duck confit. Like that to me is fantastic French. Um, Throw it on a baguette. Good to go. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should be inspecting like the size of these pieces of bread because maybe I'm like conflating some of the heroes I've eaten with just as being big baguettes or some of these baguettes as being small <laughs> heroes. But that's a discussion yeah, I go for down, a different I go day. on down to Subway sandwiches <laughs> and I get it on a baguette. <laughs> but I mean, I had a French onion soup last night. Uh, you know, just yeah, okay. I'm sure a lot of desserts. But, you know, what do you what do you think of? What's your kind of uh, French experience here? What are some of your go to French foods? It's interesting because I feel like French kind of as a separate cuisine has really like fallen out of vogue, you know, like it's, it's pretty rare that someone's like, "Ah, do you want to get French? Like that just doesn't happen. Whereas, you know, Italian or various other, you know, I, I don't know if it's just like because of the, like the Julia child's vacation of like American cuisine. Like we've just kind of absorbed some like bastardized versions of like French cooking into some of just like, what we what we what we see is just it's just kind of typical like american dishes but um yeah i don't it, it's not a cuisine that excites me though like obviously like when you go to france like you eat very well and it's great and everything but like yeah i'm just like when, when i hear like french restaurant in new york i'm usually not excited or you know it's a french restaurant but it's really like some sort of french you know fusion contemporary thing so it's like not really what you expect but I, I do like bistro food though. Like I, I definitely like today, like this, this is, this restaurant was, was, was kind of in, in that bistro bowl. You can get just kind of uh soups and like a, a croque monsieur, a croque madame. Like you can get, uh, you know, little sandwiches and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of all that. Um, but yeah, it's not, not something that like uh, necessarily excites me the way that like uh, maybe some other cuisines do. Yeah, it's probably telling that we got to Polish food before we got to French food. I can't. <laughs> I would have. I would have insisted. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, obviously the. Uh, I just mean people may have thought that maybe a little off the board compared to uh, you know some mm-hmm. other cuisines, but I, yeah. I think I kind of agree with you. I think I've enjoyed like French food, especially when I've been to France a couple of times. And I know whenever I have it, it's I mean, it's, brag. It's, it's a very it's a very rich food. Like it's made with a lot of, you know, like yeah. butter and creams and yeah, stuff. I, like I always think it tastes great, but I think of creamy sauces, which is like yes. not what I'm into. Like I like spicy food and like I don't think that's a concept in French cuisine. Or yeah, it's like I, I don't really love like thick creamy sauces and i feel like that's what a lot of what you get is there, there was like a whole like raclette trend in new york you know where like they heat up the big block of cheese mm. you know what i'm talking yeah. about and then yeah. they like basically just scrape it all onto a baguette you'd probably love that shit. <laughs> oh yeah big time uh producer taylor and i when we were over in france a couple years ago we went for a wine like a rosé tour at like nine in the morning so we woke up we did not like eat and we went on this tour came back, got like some just melted cheese and charcuterie on a plate and went immediately back to bed. Wow. Yeah. No, 9 yeah. a.m. But that's, that's a little bit later than you usually start drinking. <laughs> I'm really happy you made it those extra two hours. It was a time change. You know? It was a time change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I should probably also, I could, maybe I could save this for our spinoff croissant cast, but I do have some, I, I love croissants. I absolutely love croissants, but I do have some uh, pretty hot takes about French pastries in general uh, not, not that great. What are you, what are, okay, wait, are you, are you, you're not including croissants in that, are you? 
No, I, I, I was going to say, like, like, like croissants are, are great. Mm-hmm. I love a great croissant. You know, buttery, flaky, spread some jam on there. Excellent. But just kind of French pastries in general. If you go to, like, a French pastry shop, it's a lot of, like, refined sugars and, like, like, like look nice or, or, or like, like the, for instance, like a, like a macaron, right? Like, there was just a massive macaron craze when we were... I think kind of when we were in college, I feel like it was, at least it was spreading like a virus throughout Toronto and like, they're fine. Like I've had great macaron, but like, give me a big dirty sticky bun from like a German bakery any day of the week. And I'm taking that like something with like molasses and brown sugar. And it's going to be, you know, kind of chewy and gooey, like so much better, you know, go to a, go to a Danish bakery and, and get yourself some, uh Broad. that is so much more in my wheelhouse big donut jelly donut you know whatever like Ugh, jelly donuts are just bad but that's it. a different that's a different story but that's you're, the thing you're a big you're a big long john boston cream guy aren't you <laughs> I, I don't i don't hang with the boston cream but long long johns are great <laughs> oh big old maple bar mm. but anyways yes i like those kinds of desserts I'm like a little like oh i'm like putting a little bit of cream on top of this flavorless little like so you're not like an eclair guy eh, no nah, not really yeah i mean i don't eat a lot of pastries in general so i'm the wrong guy and of course you're gonna chastise me for trying to live a healthy lifestyle so we can just move right past that but yeah croissants would be like for me do you go for like a plain one do you go for like the sweet ones with chocolate in them because i know you like the sweet bagels a little bit or are you going for like a ham and cheese guy oh ham and cheese uh, i mean like listen once in a while getting like a croissant sandwich with some ham and cheese that's, that's like solid but like no i mean in, in general your classic burger king order <laughs> in general <laughs> keeping it plain keeping it plain yeah uh, I agree. and then and then put, i'll spread my own jam to taste and i'm not a big fan of like the chocolate ones like those are no, always just kind of not for me yeah not for me not for me are we going to consider like charcuterie to be French? Are they claiming that or is that like more of a depends what kind of part of the world you're in because i feel like a lot of the european nations can probably lay claim to like cheese and meat yeah yeah i I don't think you can give them charcuterie as a concept i I think though that there are specific because if so that would be cheeses that would be like the most overwhelmingly french thing that i eat regularly it's just like a nice (laughs) the idea nice red from loire and just like a bunch of you know pate yeah well yes the thing you know i think they are if anyone can lay claim to the cheese plate and just and just you know fine cheese uh they'd have a pretty good argument obviously you know there's there's a lot of great meats and cheeses from Italy and Spain. But yeah, I think, I think there's a lot of French specific cheeses and meats that are obviously uh, fantastic. See, that's what I mean. Like you start off thinking, Oh, I'm not like a big French food guy. Then you're like, Oh, I'm crushing a lot and of this stuff like, at a pretty regular basis. It's everywhere. <laughs> Cornichons. Yes. No. You in out. Yeah. yeah just, just, just like pickles. Yeah. But like the, the mini ones. Okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> kind of hoping for a little more idea there, but it's fine. I don't know. You want, you want me to just lose it over little pickles? <laughs> I've seen you lose it over less. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Do we want to go into Cafe Paulette? Sure. Or are we just going to continue to insult the French people by talking very haphazardly about their story? Listen, cuisine? I could do another 90 minutes just taking shots at the French, or, you know, we could talk about Cafe Paulette in beautiful Fort Greene, Brooklyn. So... Cafe Paulette mm-hmm. had a really nice outdoor setup. Yes. I think, I think especially like it's one of those outdoor setups that both feel, you know, it's nice and it's safe and distanced and, and, and you feel great about that, but also look really nice, look really inviting, 
really got you like if you're walking past it it's one of those ones that might might turn your head a little bit and you might you might think oh you know maybe we should uh maybe we should stop for a for for a glass of wine yeah big enclosed um outdoor seating area it was across from fort green park so it felt like really open you didn't feel like you were crammed in you know just even sitting out there you know we had a glass of wine before you came to dinner and like you're out in the sun. It's just really inviting. Uh, I thought it was quite a good setup. So it's like I hadn't gone out for too many meals since I guess, you know, we've just kind of gotten through the winter for the last, you know, four or five months. So this was like, if you're looking for a place to go have a really nice, like outdoor dining experience, Cafe Paulette, I would highly recommend it. They've also got a wine bar attached to it, Petite Paulette, which I thought was also pretty, pretty nice as well. Did so. you, did you feel, uh, transported to the banks of the Seine? <laughs> uh, I don't think you ever really can feel that way, you know, when you're hanging out in New York, but was there accordion music in the distance? Did you see an impish Amelie smiling as she was playing like tricks on, on, on the, on the neighborhood, uh, Parisian? No, but when we were at the wine bar, um, you know, the guy came over and he's like, Oh, would you like to try this? And I'm like, Hey, this is not really the direction I wanted to go tonight. And he wait, just, wait, what? Like he, I asked him, I, he was like, <laughs> I don't, it didn't really sound like you were talking about wine. <laughs> No, it was, I was, I thought I wanted a white. I tried it. I was like, you know what? I think I actually just want like a glass of red. And he just took it and threw it over his shoulder to empty out the glass. And Lo- I'm like, love it. I was like, that feels very French. That, that feels pretty good. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. We should, we should say this is the, the, the wine menu at Cafe Paulette full, full of uh, what, what we like to call uh, some natty wine. Yes. The natural wines. wines. I know you're a big fan. Big fan. That was part of the reason uh, why when we were looking at a place to go eat, uh, this was so appealing to me. And it's funny because we've talked about how bees come in all different shapes and sizes. This is definitely more in like the Aldi law kind of realm where you're like, oh, this is like a pretty nice restaurant with a really developed like natural wine list. What are they hiding? <laughs> what yeah, went wrong? Yeah, usually usually like natural wine list and, and, and the types of places we go don't don't usually mix. So it was it was nice to see you in your element. Um, I, ha- I have to ask, what is it about natural wine that had attracted you? Because you, you've definitely caught the bug to that restaurant, or just in general. No, I just I just nat- just natty wine in general. I've just had a friend who kind of got me into it, and it's funny. I don't like I w- didn't necessarily have a super developed palate before this, and it's been fun trying a lot of these wines, but a lot of them are a little like lighter i feel like they're less fortified if that makes sense like sometimes you don't really realize just how you know fortified some of those like big wine producers and how sugary some of them are until you've had something that's like a step different from that so just having a really good guide kind of show you oh here are some producers and you know the bottles are all gonna have a little bit of different personality and they're probably gonna be a little bit lighter than those you know Fifteen dollar cabernets that you've just been slugging back for the last couple of years, and hey, maybe you won't feel so hungover tomorrow morning when you're not consuming like that much sugar and that many like sulfates and all that. So hey, don't come after me for my like seven dollar uh, seven dollar Trader Joe's wine. <laughs> Getting that cocoa bond. Where are my cocoa heads at? Look, we've all slapped a couple of bags. There was a <laughs> there was a B rated restaurant. Uh, I think it was near Irving Plaza. That for every entree you ordered, they gave you a carafe of wine. This was not good wine, like, but you get four entrees for four people. You got four crafts of wine. You're all going to feel terrible in the morning, mm-hmm. but you're going to have a really fun time while you're there. So, you know, it's a time and a place oh for everything. God. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like with the, with the natural wine, it tends to run for me. It, it's, you know, it's a little bit more, a little funkier, usually has a little bit of like 
little bit of a uh, little bit of carbonation. It's got that effervescence, which is kind of nice. I, it is. It's like a. It, it's like a, a little bit, a little bit more interesting, maybe. Yeah, I would co-sign all of that, and you know, I wouldn't say that was like the reason why we picked this place, but it was definitely when we got there. You know, seeing names like Gudo Gao on you know on their wine menu, like there's a lot of times where even a lot of the really good wine stores in New York just don't have that. So you're like, wow, I've been looking for this guy all winter. And now I have a chance to have that alongside a really good meal, like sitting outside, like sign me up. So, yeah. which is what we did. And I think that was part of the reason why I enjoyed it so much. So I should also say they were very accommodating to uh, Zardoz, who was with us at dinner. Yes. So Zardoz, uh, <laughs> my, my, my house plant that I had recently adopted from a friend, uh, was in transit, so I, I did I did bring him to dinner, uh, and and I, yeah, I feel like uh, he had a great time as well. He did cause a scene. <laughs> Just we su- had to stop serving him after a while. Sucking down that natty <laughs> wine. Uh, so 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 Corey, overall, the atmosphere on a scale of one to five languidly smoked cigarettes over over uh, a Proust novel. How, how much of a bistro feel were you getting from Cafe Paulette? There was no cigarette smoke. <laughs> uh, were you actually, wearing a beret? Like that's, a, that's a negative in this. Uh, I was I, not. I remember you were wearing a striped shirt. You I did had, bring your. You did bring a fine French vibe to our table. But I think outside of our table and outside of the server or the bartender who was just like slinging wine over his shoulder, you know, maybe it wasn't like the patio didn't have the most French feel, but a little bit. Yeah, I um, I, I was wearing a smart navy striped shirt, but uh, did not. Did not find it like, you know, you know, you just like you look at the current state of your life and you're like, how did I let it get so bad? When I realized I didn't actually have a beret to wear to dinner, I just thought like, what was what is what has all of this been for? Like you come to New York to reinvent yourself and you don't even have a beret to wear to dinner. This isn't the life I wanted. This may come as a surprise to no one, but Mark and I own a lot of props. <laughs> you got to have a, listen, you're gonna like when you, gra- when you, when you, when you're kind of coming out of college and you think that you're not like the theme party scene is like kind of run its course, you're going to feel an urge to get rid of that stuff. You gotta, you gotta hold on to a costume trunk. It just makes life more fun. <laughs> uh, what did you think of the vibe? Uh, yeah, I could have used, I could have used maybe a little bit. A little bit more bistro, but um, I think the inside has uh, maybe a bit more of like that, that the like slight kitsch that I'm that I'm, that I'm looking for. It makes me feel really pumped up to just have like you know an, uh, a single coffee and and you know work on your novel. But uh, but yeah, I mean I think I think we both said like the outside setup was was lovely. So uh, uh, definitely definitely like the uh, the ambiance. All right, well, do you want to take us through what we ordered at Cafe Paulette? Uh, for the first course, or as I believe in French, they say, course un. Had a little pate. Yes, we did. Uh, and, and, and also had some French onion soup. Yeah, because, you know, we don't do it small when we go to these restaurants. We're going to try as many things as we possibly can. And I think that we can both say we enjoy pate and French onion soup. So you don't want to have to make a choice at that point. The pate was solid. Um, it was funny because it was pretty like crumbly, I would say, yeah. compared to most pates. I mean, granted, I'm buying like a lot of pate out of like in the a can. Nice supermarket or, like or whatever. Or like in yeah. a tin or something, yeah. Yeah, this was not, this did not have that kind of gelatinous or or kind of wet pate thing. It was it was kind of like crumbly, which I actually really liked. Yeah, um, I it thought was that, nice. That, then I, I thought the flavor was good. It came like wrapped in a 
piece of raw bacon, which was a little strange, but which we ate. <laughs> I, I we we did eat that. Yeah, obviously, so, yeah, obviously yeah, it is. Uh, listen, if it's like if it if you put any garnish on the plate, like it's going in my mouth. And yeah, the the pate. Even though I probably do prefer like that more smoother gelatinous kind of pate, it was still very enjoyable. Like it had that kind of like you know just salty meat kind of like quality to it. I would say. Yeah. Well, I say normally when I've seen you eat pate, you kind of throw it in a bowl and and stir it really quickly, kind of like the, the the last remnants of of some ice cream, kind of like until it kind of softens up, and then you just kind of like to slurp that right down. So I guess this was kind of hard for those purposes. You're just shaking your head. Yeah, I'm just shaking my head. <laughs> Uh, came with some like some spicy mustard too, which was nice. If I remember correctly, like I was putting that. Yes. On. We had some like crostini, and some uh, real nice bread. I believe one cornichon. What? Uh, and then what? What do you think of that French onion soup? So, like I said, I ate a French onion soup last night. You know, on that thought, actually, um, I did actually come with a gift for you. Just want to present you. This is a Marokome authentic miso soup mix with a smiling. Either baby or very sick man. The backstory is uh, I've been eating a lot of miso soup recently. A like lot an unbelievable amount of meat. Like every single time we FaceTimed or called, it's just like you're, you're just about to tuck into a miso soup. All hours of the day, completely, sometimes inappropriate times of night. <laughs> I've just never seen someone so dedicated to the miso soup game. I think I was doing a lot more of that during the winter. Like, I think since Biden's inauguration, I've maybe had one miso soup. So, like, so wait, this was like a Trump era phenomenon. <laughs> was this just your comfort food where you just it was the daily stress of having a maniac in the White House led you to the open arms of miso soup? Well, so I've been getting like, you know, I get miso soup. I'm getting Japanese, like almost no question. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's also been getting a little bit warmer out. You know, it's also like pretty salty and not all the time. I'm just like in the mood, but you know, for a while, yeah, I was crushing a lot of miso soup. I'm not going to apologize for it, and I'm probably going to drink all those. So I can't, I can't wait until uh, we get like a nice miso nine, soup sponsor, ninety degree sticky New York summer day, and I'm just going to call you up and ask if you want to go to the beach. And you're like, okay, just let me <laughs> let me finish slurping down this <laughs> piping hot miso soup. Well, on that topic, I don't care how hot it is; it can be 110 degrees. I'm drinking a hot coffee because that's the only way to drink coffee. So. I will say that. I, I so I, I agree. So I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to sign off on that's the only way to drink coffee because like I've had some great cold brew and like so if you want like a real just like you know c- cocaine shot to your system. <laughs> if if I suck down a cold brew, like I'm not of sound mind or body. <laughs> like that thing just courses through you. But uh, it's like pulling the pin in a grenade. Like you are just a ticking time. Yeah, yeah. But like, oh man, like draft lattes. Like there's some great stuff happening in the cold coffee game. However, I also think that my preference is generally hot coffee. Doesn't matter how. Like I was like even when I was like in Thailand and it was just like <laughs> disgustingly hot every day. I was still going out for a hot coffee in the morning. It's part of my ritual. I enjoy it. I don't think it could be too hot for hot coffee. Completely agree. Uh, so it's French onion soup. That soup we got was piping hot. And of course it's got like a layer of like Gruyere cheese and it's got the bread and like Mm -hmm. there's, it's a hot soup to begin with. And there are like, it smelled amazing. Yes. I thought the smell, like it's, it's kind of, it's got, it's got that Chili's fajita factor where like you throw that thing down on the table and everyone else in the place wants to get a French onion soup. Well, and so 
it's one of those things where it's a hot soup in general. It's got like insulation there. So it's keeping it hot for like longer. It's like that experiment where the kids get a marshmallow and they say, you can either eat this one marshmallow now, or if you wait five minutes and you don't eat it, like we'll bring in a second one and you can have two marshmallows. Right. And everyone's like, oh my God, you just wait like the five minutes you get two marshmallows. When that soup comes down, there's someone in my head going, hey, you could have that piping hot soup right now. Or if you wait five minutes, like you'll still have taste buds later and like your mouth won't have like burn marks on it. And I saw that soup come in and I just said, I'm going in. Like <laughs> it's worth it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I am very, very patient when it comes to like food arriving. Like when I go to a restaurant, phone eats first, you're constantly (laughs) taking pictures. No, but like, you know, I'm, I am, I I definitely like, it it does great me when you like are having dinner with people and like, you know, sometimes the food just takes a while to get out. But if like I'm sitting down with friends and drinking, uh, (laughs) I'm like, this is what I'd want to be doing anyways. So it's like, I don't, I'm never like, I'm never generally so hungry when I sit down at a restaurant that I'm like, if this food is five minutes late, I'm going to blow up. <laughs> Whereas like, I don't know, some people, it's just like, they just can't handle it. So for me, it's like, as long as I'm like, I'm seated and I'm like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a, I've got my beer or my wine or whatever. And I'm like, I'm, I'm totally happy. Like that food could be like extremely delayed. However, once it is in front of me, it's just going to go in my mouth. It's just, there is something about when you put the food in front of me. <laughs> Just, I don't even think about it. It's like, by the time I understand what's happening, it's like already in my mouth. Pavlov would be proud. Yeah. So I uh, burn the absolute crap out of my mouth all the time. And this French onion soup was as hot as the sun. (laughs) Yeah. It was French onion magma. and, And that cheese, like when it's melted and it's that hot, it can just get like stuck on the roof of your mouth. And that is a... Yeah. Yeah, it was like piping hot oil. I was actually going to ask you. But it was, we should stress, delicious. In terms of culprits for burning your mouth, what do you think are like the worst foods? Ooh. Do you have, do you have I can give you go? one. I yeah. think the, the absolute worst one for me is, you know, I think there's a few things that fit in this category, but specifically fried pickles. Have you ever had like a, fr- a deep fried pickle, like, but like in a spear, it basically oh, yeah. Yeah, anything that. that like is deep fried where like, there's a lot of liquid, like, cause you know, the, the pickle is kind of moist. Uh, so anything that's going to maintain some like liquid on the inside. Oh my God. The damage I have done to my mouth. Like I, I remember I was down in Austin and I was eating like these deep fried pickle spears at like a food truck and I bit into one and I didn't like really notice that like as soon as I like kind of pitched it towards my mouth, just a rush of just insanely hot oil and pickle juice mixed together just expanded throughout my mouth. (laughs) And like I straight up had blisters. It was (laughs) insane how bad uh, that burnt me. I think think for me too, just... Coffee would probably be up there for me. uh, Yeah, I mean, but like most places shouldn't be giving you coffee that's that hot, you know? Unless this is like, you know, the, a, Mc, a McDonald's uh, scenario. but No, I mean, I'm not getting blisters, but like if I take a coffee and just put it right into like a Yeti cup and just throw that lid on there and I'm like, oh, it's been like an hour. Yeah. Whatever. I shouldn't say an hour. But it's like, oh, it's been like a half an hour. Like this must have cooled off and you just like take a big swig and you're just like, absolutely not. Like, yeah, that's why these are the best. Like I've had some, yeah. I feel like I've also had, I have some memories of like some pizza slices being pretty bad. Like you just get a piping hot pizza and it's pizza. So you're so excited and you just stuff that thing in your mouth and just like 
this greasy molten cheese layer just smacks the top of your mouth where it's most vulnerable. That's I've had some, I, I feel like I've had some real bad, like a Buffalo chicken dip or like a spinach and artichoke just, just come out of the oven. You put a chip in there, you fire it in your mouth and then you're just, you know, you're on the IR for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, so we're pro French onion soup. We're pro the pate. What did we get for dinner? Cause I think we had three entrees. I believe you're right. Uh, we had the duck a l'orange, the steak frites, and we also uh, tried their burger with a little bit of a uh, gruyere thrown on there. The burger palette. So I thought the burger was quite good. I think the burger was a big hit at the table. Yes, it was very, I think it was like a brisket mix, something like that. It was extremely rich. Like it, it was really fatty. Which, you know, because we were dividing it among several people, I think mate was perfect. Because I think, like, it's the best burger to have one bite of. I think if you crushed a whole one. You might feel That's a pretty a heavy. Yeah, yeah, that's going to that's gonna sit there a little bit. But um, in terms of getting a little bit of a taste, I thought it was, fa- I thought it was really, really fantastic. Yes, and I want to say it's, I think it's been a little bit since we ate there. But, you know, I do love just having some good, like, caramelized onions on there, too. Like, that, to me, was great. The cheese was great. Yeah, the Gruyere was a nice touch. Like, it was a really good burger, but it was the same way that, like, I've had really good burgers at places like Emmy. So I can't say that it was, like, the big standout of the meal to me because, like, you know, perhaps I just undervalue, like, a really good burger. But, like, when I think about some of the other stuff we had at that table, of the entrees, it was probably just my third favorite because I think it was, like, a really good burger. And I think the other things we got were perhaps a little more advanced or maybe a little more special. Okay. Well, how would you feel about the uh, the steak frites? The steak was cooked really well. I thought the, you know, it was like, I, I mean, I like my steak a little rarer and like on the, you know, not like the bloody side, but definitely mm. like, you know, probably more medium rare than, you know, medium. I thought the steak was cooked really well. I always find like steak frites just kind of funny or like anything where it's like a fancy food that's served with fries. Like when you get like mussels, cause I'm always like, Oh, it's just kind of, kind of strange to like be pairing it with fries, but yeah, but know, it's, the fries a, it's, were a, good. it's a classic though. Yeah. And I feel like at like a French kind of bistro place that is, you know, very typical, even if you go to like a super nice Place, oh yeah, and I just I know. just mean like the idea itself has just always been kind of funny to me that you're gonna pair this like really nice was it like a hanger steak even or uh yeah, it kind of yeah. feel like it kind of looked like that. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, you, listen, it's it's French restaurant, you gotta get the French fries, like yeah, it just fits. I, I did I did also love it's got the uh like the pepper sauce, you know, it's the, the steak the steak au poivre, and it that really I really, really like that flavor. Yeah, no, I, I thought it was delicious. So I, I enjoyed that. But that was probably even still my number two. Wow. I, You're going duck number I one? I loved the duck. Okay. T- take me through it. I love that kind of, you know, it's just kind of, it's something you can kind of cut with a fork. It's just really easy. Like comes apart, like not like almost like, you know, you can pull it apart a little bit, but like a crispy skin that had a like was a little fatty. Like, I don't know. I'm just a big fan of duck when it's done well. And I thought that duck was done like quite well. Uh, Yeah. I mean, like I love duck. I to me though, like for me, that was like clearly my third favorite. I think, I think I liked both the, I think this, this, I probably enjoyed the steak frites the most, but uh, also like, also liked the burger a lot. Uh, I thought the duck was good. Um, but for me, wasn't really, uh, all that stellar. I don't know. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe we we're just eating different parts of the bird. Maybe you left, you left me all the, left me all the bad bits. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just really liked the way it was like kind of a crispy fatty skin and then just like a real nice, like juicy duck underneath. So I don't know. I, I was a fan of it. I thought that was kind of like the big standout to me. And 
you know, like I said, when I think of like French foods or if I want to like feel like I'm eating something French, like that kind of duck is perhaps more what I'm looking for. So I think it was satisfying a very specific itch, which also could, Just you know, be why we were class it up with some canard. And then we also, we got a, we got a couple of desserts. I think this was also another time when I feel like I had to kind of talk everyone at the table into like, we need to do this and uh, put pushed. Cause I, I do have a rule. So there was a creme brulee on the menu. If I'm ever able to eat creme brulee, I will eat creme brulee. It's something I'm never going to make at home. I'm sorry. I'm not investing in some ramekins and a kitchen torch. Can't justify it. I am a huge fan of creme brulee. Uh, so, so I had to get it and then uh, decided to get another dessert so we could uh, try to. And uh, we got the uh, the tart tatin, which is kind of it's kind of like an apple, almost like a streusel kind of a uh, kind of deal. Um, what do you think of the dessert course? Uh, I also enjoy crimble quite a bit. You know, I'm always just super hesitant to get dessert because, again, it's that, you know, I'm always just trying to stay away from like dessert and pastry. And then when it's in front of me, I just go nuts and it's great. Also, just love, and I think you really enjoyed this because you grabbed the spoon, I think, to do it specifically, uh, was to, like, crack the creme brulee, which one, is always a ton of fun. One of life's great joys. Like, just just the feeling of when you get a nice little a nice little crack with your spoon on the, on the creme brulee. Oof. Height of luxury. So, I, w- I would say the creme brulee was, like, the clear winner. The apple tart, did you say? It was, like, yeah, tart tatin. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good, yeah. I actually, I think the tart tatin blew me away. I, I was not expecting a whole lot. I kind of just tossed it in there. Um, you know, ki- kind of like some spring rolls on a seamless order that's getting away from you. Uh, you just, <laughs> just toss it in at the end. Um, I, I love, I love, I love that tart tatin. I thought it was, it was delicious, really flavorful. had a really good like sourness, which was really nice. I love desserts that have like, are both sweet and then have like a little dimension of sour. Like I love like rhubarb, strawberry rhubarb pie is like one of my favorite things on earth. I love what rhubarb kind of does in desserts. It's this, this like sour kind of uh, chaotic mischief force within the dessert. And uh, I thought that tartan had, had that in spades. Uh, Creme brulee, it's creme brulee. Like it's, it wasn't, wasn't one of the better creme brulees I've ever had. It wasn't a bad creme brulee. It was just, it, it, it delivered, uh, on its promise. Um, one question I had, so th- this, this creme brulee was like pretty shallow, which is, I guess good because then the ramekin, I think was a little larger, more surface area for the, for the, for the, the sugar cracking. crust. Yeah. yeah. Is there like, do, do, do you have like an optimal creme brulee depth? I have not thought that much about creme brulee. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and say no. Okay. But, I, uh, I feel like I would have yeah. liked a little thicker, a little thicker layer of custard. I just kind of, I felt like I was kind of scraping it off of the ramekin instead of being able to kind of take a spoonful. I think you can always advocate for more creme brulee. I don't think that's a bad take, <laughs> but it is funny. You were talking about just like how you were blown away by the uh, other dessert And I feel like it's kind of like when you've got such a good performer and you come across this a lot in sports, like sometimes the coach of the year is never going to be like the coach who is just always at the top. Cause you're like, yeah, of course at the top, like he's great. He's got a great team, but like the person who turns something around, you're like, Oh, I thought that team was going to be terrible. Mm -hmm. And now they're good. It's like, Oh, let's reward that coach. And it feels very much like you're doing that with this other dessert where you're like, creme brulee is always great. I don't need to worry about creme brulee. You're talking I'm about g- like I'm going to reward this other one for like exceeding my expectations. This is like t- Tibbs and the Knicks this year. <laughs> That's basically uh, <laughs> where you're going. <laughs> like like the, the person who does the most with the least. That per- they usually get rewarded. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh yeah. no, I I respect that. That kind of felt like how you were coming at this with the uh, the other yeah, dessert. Yeah. But. 
Uh, so, over, I mean, and I just want to say real quick, I know we talked about wine early on. We got a Gouda Gao Rosé from the Masquerade release that's just come out, which was incredible. So shout out to Gouda Gao. Keep it up. You're doing great things. <laughs> yeah, really. So that's really, uh, really, really connecting with our base. there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the way that the, the way the bass reacted to Flats first drums. I don't know if we have, uh, you know, that's true. We're, <laughs> we, we may have already we're been alien- disconnected. Listen, we're alienating <laughs> everyone. Uh, so much, just let us know what you want to hear. <laughs> we'll say we'll say whatever you want. <laughs> so what was your favorite thing that we had? Ooh, um, man. I feel like I have just such a distinct sense memory from like the French onion soup coming to the table and just smelling it and being able to taste that. Like, although it, it, you know, that I, I feel like that, that, that was probably the most memorable part of the night. I think, I think I was, you know, in terms of the kind of dishes I enjoyed the most, it was probably the, 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 the burger and the, uh, the steak free. But, um, what about you? I'm assuming, assume you're going, you're, 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 you're all in on that duck. Yeah. All in on that duck. I've mortgaged the entire future on the duck. Uh, so I really enjoyed that. I thought all the entrees were great. I really did enjoy the French onion soup as well. So, I mean, I remember walking away from this meal, just being yeah. super happy. I really enjoyed it. But if I had to pick one above the rest, I'm probably going to go with the duck. I'm just still thinking about that crispy skin and kind of the juicy duck underneath. So, yeah. And we should say that when our uh, server came to collect the dishes, you did start mighty duck style, uh, quack, 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 quack chant that went on uh, much longer than the people at home think it did. Well, Zardoz was egging me on and uh, I had to do it. Can't, you know? listen, can't listen to him. He was drunk. <laughs> so what would you give this restaurant? I, it's an easy B. I, thought I had a great time. I would love to go back and uh, have another goot on their patio. A little a little natty on the patty, as I like to say. Ooh, a natty on the patty. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> That's good. What about you? Oh, this is an easy B. I remember when we were talking about Aldi Law, how like sometimes great players wind up in the minors just for like reasons that are, you know, salary cap related or something happened and like this was very much someone in like the prime of their game just like unexplicably being relegated in the premier league i guess or something like that so (laughs) (laughs) good soccer reference so that's what we thought what did the good people on yelp have to say about cafe paulette so found some 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 interesting ones um i'm gonna start off really real quick bathroom two food four the bathroom is pretty mad, dimly, <laughs> dimly lit, and there's only one bathroom, which creates traffic. A little moisty in there, too. Just makes me want to do my thing and leave for another impatient customer waiting. The lock on the bathroom is one of those old sliders, and I hate touching those since that's what everyone touches after using the bathroom. Maybe if there were paper towels, I could use it to unlock the lock. That is by Bathroom Connoisseur. Three stars. Okay. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. One. I did flag that there was only one washroom and like, I can see why that'd be a bottleneck. Also worst seat in the house is the one right next to the bathroom. Cause if you're just a bottleneck and you're trying to eat, like that seems awful. Yeah. So a lot of the complaints I did read were about <laughs> getting that table. <laughs> I think you said something in that review about, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just makes me want to do my business and get out of there. It's like, what, 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 what is the other option? <laughs> yeah. Like, is this, I feel like it does, is, does bathroom connoisseur like go to like a nice restaurant that has like a Japanese toilet and they're like, whoa, cancel my plans. I'm just going to set up, I'm going to set up shop and old court. Just get their phone going. They're making calls. You bring the Sunday times in there. You just peruse the arts and life section. You bring two yeah. New Yorkers. <laughs> just make a day of it. I Honestly, I just love the fact that this person out there is just doing the Lord's work. 
I was about to say guy. We don't we don't actually know. We don't know the gender of bathroom connoisseur, but like we know it's a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I here's I, I got a couple so I got a couple reviews. I, I did notice there was a few reviews that were talking about the service. I think our service was great. I don't think we had any issues. No, we had no issues. Yeah, I think it was very, very good. But it was I feel like every I feel like a couple of the re- the reviews were, you know, I think making jokes about like, oh, like rude French service and all this. I'm like, I, this might really be people coming in with like their own shit. Cause like, they're like, they're, they're clearly like, are like, oh, like I went on vacation to France once and was like, people were rude to me. And like now Cafe Paulette is being rude to me, <laughs> like in Fort Greene of all places. I, I don't get it. And, and like, again, I think part of it might be too, like, your, your servers in New York will react to your energy more than like other places I've dined, you know? Like, I think if you are just like, you know, not looking for like people to like come over and like tell jokes to your like mom or something, like it's, this isn't a TGI Fridays. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I get good service generally in New York. And if you're getting bad service, it's like, maybe think about what energy you're bringing. Like, cause like, yeah, if you, if you show up and like, you know, you're trying, you're being a little persnickety. Like, yeah, people are not, they're not going to react well to you in this city. So I, I don't know, but. Yeah, I had no complaints. I mean, I got there a little bit early. They definitely like kind of took <clears> care <throat> of us, let us do our thing. You know, I, yeah. So yeah. I think they had a good point. It, it is funny though. Like this is probably a conversation for a different podcast, but I think it was Corner Bistro, which is not a French restaurant mm-hmm. by any stretch. But I think they were kind of renowned for having like really snippy uh, wait staff. That we, was like also part of it. I was, was going to say, do we like, talk yeah. about Corner Bistro already? Because, yeah, one of my friends had described Corner Bistro as a restaurant he had an abusive relationship with because he just kept going back and they just kept treating him like absolute <laughs> garbage. <laughs> I have a review from Pat. Went nice little place in Fort Greene, had avocado toast and omelet. Both were excellent. My only issue is that they had no cream for coffee. Only whole or almond milk. Not sure how a place specialized in brunch doesn't have cream, but that was the case. Three stars. Excellent food, no cream, and you hammer them by two stars? Come on, Pat. You, we like. I don't, like, listen, I don't know how many times I have to say this. You got to grade to the curve. You can't just go rogue here. You can't knock two stars off for not having cream. Also, like. It's like, what are you, a Russian judge? Yeah, like- also, like, I don't know, Pat, maybe try some skim. I'm worried about you. <laughs> just, like, just throwing down half and half on the reg. Like, come on. Yeah, the the Yelp review board needs to have a little more authority or, like, credibility than, like, the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Like, you can't just be throwing 10-7 rounds out there just because, you know no cream that's that's not fair this one is a little long but again this this is this is one of the this was one of the installments on on the service this by elliot giving three stars instead of two because the food was actually good but the service was laughable i have worked in the food industry which i do find depending on elliot's age i feel, feel like some of the worst people in terms of like Cause so I, I think there's like, there, there's a weird dynamic where like, if you've worked in the service industry, I think you are, you should be more accommodating and understanding towards servers and understand that like the job is difficult and there could be a lot going on and you don't know what they're bringing to that shift. And so maybe you should just like treat them like a person. But then I also feel like sometimes people who worked in the service industry a long time ago. So like maybe they're like, 
you know, getting up there in the years. And they remember like when back in their day, like none of this would be acceptable. I I found those people to be like the worst in terms of like, Oh, this, this server's useless. Like, Oh, like I, when I was a server in the forties, I could remember 28 different tables worth of, I'm like, come on. Like, just like, this is, it's a different time. Like, and also like, is that true? I don't know. But anyways, only one server working today during lunch took 20 minutes to be seen after being seated. When our food came out, we watched the server bring it to the other table. Mind you, we were one of two tables of the customers in the restaurant. Could you really not distinguish between the two groups of customers you had? The server literally could not figure out how to run a card or pour a glass of wine at a French restaurant properly. As we were about to leave, the server told a new customer that he could not sit at an empty slash slightly dirty table until he cleaned it. Five minutes later, and still hadn't even attempted to clean the table, but had plenty of time to yell friendly convo to his cooks. If you are only going to have one server, make sure he is competent for his job. Other than that, the croc monster was great. Three stars. That guy sounds like a tough hang. Yeah. Real tough hang. And listen, not everyone's got the stones to sit at a dirty table like the B team. You know, not everybody deserves that kind of treatment. If he needs to take his time, it's fine. And This review's from Steve. Very long-winded uh, description of how they had a 1.30 reservation and weren't seated until 2. I guess that's the end of the world. I will say the exterior was quite enchanting, reminiscent of a Hollywood movie set. All facade with nothing behind it. One star. <laughs> The last two people you've read off, I'm just like picturing the villain in Caddyshack. Like that that's all I can just picture. It's just someone someone rich and old who's just like kind of miserable. So last oh man. There actually there was actually was a lot for this one. Man, I there was one where like a like someone wanted to like get seated, but the tables were empty, but they were like they were all reserved. And the person was like, Hey, can I have one of these tables? And they were like, No, they're all reserved. And the person was like but I'm only going to like have a coffee. I'll be quick. They're like, no, they're reserved. One star because they wouldn't let them sit at reserved tables. Oh, come on. Also, one one last one. This is from Lane C. It's an extremely long review, but it begins with the short story. I have a refined palate and I give the food and wine 4.5 stars, though I'm not sure I'd be comfortable going back. Unfortunate since I live in the same block with a restaurant. Basically, it's this really weird story about how they thought the waitress was laughing at them. <laughs> it is bizarre. And I don't know if I would hammer a place for like picking up a weird vibe, but so like. Everybody is in agreement. The food is excellent or at least really good. And a lot of these complaints really do seem to just be like axes to grind. Like. I kind of feel like you might need to go to a place a couple of times before you can really say that like they have bad service. Like you can have a bad experience, but there's a lot of like wide brushes being painted here. Is that like fair? I mean, I also feel like when you go to, at least when you're in Europe, like you don't see your server a lot. Like they kind of just, you know, after your meal, before you get your bill, like you can be sitting there for a while. And that just seems like kind of how it is. Like, I don't oh, know. Oh. Like it doesn't seem like crazy to me if this guy's like, I wasn't seen for like 20 minutes. It's like, well, yeah, I don't know. Some places are just kind of like that. And, you know, you think people on Yelp might be blowing small individualized <laughs> slights from their one experience at a restaurant out of proportion? Corey, what what do you think? What do you think that academic institution is? 
it's a lot of well-reasoned people taking into account mitigating factors in the context of what happens to them and then having a holistic review of a restaurant chain. Uh, they're not just like reading into their like weird own bullshit and hammering a place <laughs> and giving them one star because it took them 30 minutes to be seated one time. I guess my naivete is showing again. So. <laughs> hey, good French word. All right, that does it for this episode of the B Team. Thanks again for joining us. You can follow us at B Team Podcast on Instagram. You can always hit us up in the DMs if you have any questions or comments on the show. You could also always text Mark and I because we love hearing about our food takes and uh, we actually do really love them. So uh, keep keep all the comments coming. Let us know if you have any suggestions for things you want to do. We're thinking of perhaps doing a few special events over the summer. So more to come on that. You can follow Mark on his other podcast, Your Playlist Sucks, which Wait. I believe should be coming out soon. Yes. Season two. <laughs> uh, and I want to plug Ramekins. I'm going to launch uh, a cut price Ramekin uh, line, real cheap Ramekins. Uh, Cracks so, in the oven. Yeah. Can't look, get them too hot. <laughs> they're just like made up of pieces of other broken Ramekins. Uh, so keep your eye out for that. Hit the stores soon. And I guess all we have to, left to say on this one is just Finn? Au revoir. Shoshana.